Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 12 of the Unweaving Pain podcast. As always, this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. Ooh, it has been a while and was not expecting it to be that long. So I apologize if any of you were, you know, waiting at the edge of your seats for this next episode. And I actually wanted to take some time at the beginning to talk a little bit about what has been going on and a little bit about why it's taking me so darn long to get to this episode. So, gosh, I like, yeah. Let's see, end of June, we had a vacation planned, which we went on. And the week before then, I went into (gasps) gotta do everything mode, gotta record all my podcast episodes, gotta do all this work, gotta get ahead of my work, gotta blah, 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 clean my entire house. You know, I'm sure as as you all can relate, (laughs) perfectionists unite here, which never has gone well for me when I do this. And again, I'm sure you can relate. (laughs) And yet I went into that mode, even though I know better. And hilariously enough, not really, my body, actually this was more than a week before vacation that I went, it was probably good, like two, it was probably two weeks before vacation that I went into this mode. Because I think it was the Wednesday before, we were going to leave on a Wednesday. It was the Wednesday before probably Tuesday before. Anyways, I got sick. Um, I started feeling really crappy. I got a UTI and was miserable. Or maybe I got the, whatever, I timeline. Got that first. Didn't sleep at all because I was in pain and was just like anxiously waiting for the store to open so I could get some D-Manos, which again, not a substitute for medical advice at all here. However, for me, um, it has worked incredibly well in the past. And if you want to know more about that, DM me. I will like give you the full deeds. Again, not recommended if you don't know what you're doing with that. But it is amazing for UTIs if you don't want to take antibiotics and it is appropriate for your condition. Anyways, didn't think I had any. Turned out I did the whole time, but didn't find that out until way later. And because of that, I was exhausted. I just like, then my entire body felt sick. I ended up I was going to be working at a clinic that day. I ended up having to cancel. Like it was just like, I felt like I fell apart. And then I was like, okay. And I actually was very proud of myself because I canceled. Um, and I took a sick day and I think a day or two later, I like completely lost my voice my voice, if you are my client and you heard me, we ha- I had sessions and my voice sounded horrible. And I was like, well, now I can't record podcast episodes. And I was planning and recording um, these videos for this course that I'm super excited that I am um, in the process of putting together, which side note, my clients have access to this. And right now, if you want to know more, you're interested about this and you're like curious to learn even more than that's covered on the podcast, um, with a lot more actionable steps, DM me because right now is the time to get in because I am giving pretty freaking good deals on it because it's not done and it's not on like a pretty platform yet. Um, so until it's completely done, like this getting in now gives you like lifetime access to whatever I put in here, which I'm imagining like a year's worth of material. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't guarantee any of this, but that's the plan. 
and you get this at like a freaking killer deal. Uh, so that's a side note. But anyways, planning on doing all these videos, again, doing all this stuff and my body fell apart. I was like, fuck you, no, you're not. <sighs> so it's very interesting. So that, that held up that. I ended up going on vacation, had it in my intention then to, I was like, well, since I didn't get the podcast episode done, I'll record them on vacation. My voice never returned to normal. And even it still is a little bit scratchy now, but I'm over it. Um, <laughs> Got to move on now. And yeah, life just started happening. And I got thrown into some things. And that's what I wanted to spend a little more time talking about before I get into the meat of this episode, which is going to be really all about investigating why you're on your pain journey and are you truly healing pain for yourself? We're going to be talking about that later after I give my introduction here. We're just talking about life coming at you and when these things happen. Because I had so many, the word trigger works here. I don't love the word. Um, I think trigger has a much, um, bigger meaning behind it and I don't mean it in the and I've discussed this in previous episodes but trigger is also it's kind of like a, a lighting up of my system of hey look at all this stuff you still need to work on <laughs> and realizing also that there's always going to be things to work on those don't ever completely go away it's just new layers and deeperness and I just hit next level shit in this past month that limited my capacity and I rolled with it. So I'm taking a little time to celebrate that for myself because normally I would have probably forced myself to do this podcast, forced myself to get some of the other things done that were on my list without honoring my capacity and realizing that since these big, bigger things were coming up for me emotionally, that I actually gave myself a ton of permission to quote unquote, drop the ball on certain things. And this podcast is one of them to go. Um, it, I needed to take care of my clients first and foremost. That I mean, obviously my child, my family, I guess is first and foremost, but then my client, but from a business perspective, my clients were, I wanted to make sure I wasn't dropping the ball on them. And there's even probably some aspects where I didn't show up as much as I had wanted to, but that was all in my own head. I responded to them, I believe, in every way I could. And, and yeah. And so I allowed myself to investigate a lot of these deeper layers that were coming up for me in the form of feeling like emotionally shit was coming up everywhere and vomiting all over me. And while it, there was a lot of turmoil and none of it was easy or, and there's a lot of parts that were fun and there's tears and rage and all that good stuff. I really feel like it's kind of cool to see how using these tools that I teach my clients and discuss in this podcast, that I moved through it with so much more, the word grace comes to mind, even though nothing nothing about my process is grateful, graceful. Um, but it was like, I, I was able to move through it without getting completely stuck, which is normally what, I happen, what happens with me. And feeling like I was spending days and days and days spiraling and spiraling on the same thing. It was like, instead I was like, Oh, here's this wave of things coming up, you know, riding this wave and coming out the other side. And so it was kind of cool to, and it's cool, even, even better now to look back and see all of that and acknowledge all that. 
And so some other things, and so, well, actually first, before I go into those other things, what I want to offer is when these emotional shitstorms come up and you feel your entire system, like whatever, whatever the feeling is, you know, you just feel your whole system just being so responsive to whatever is up or being presented to you. Remembering to pause and use these tools, starting with that, finding the safety, that repowering and and finding where you are and seeing where you are and just understanding that right now even with that all present that you're safe and and then taking the next best step forward and a lot of times that is giving voice and processing whatever emotion comes up i think it's we're so quick in the self-help world and the meditation world is so quick to go to like breathe and calm and it's like fuck that no sometimes you need to rage and scream and cry and like let it all out and obviously doing so in a safe way and with with people that are safe or by yourself that's safe things like that of course um it doesn't need to be like right in that second. You might be like, I need to go remove myself or I need to go get in my car and drive. And when I'm in my car, this is my favorite place is I can rage as loud as I want without worrying about my neighbors calling the police or something or scaring the hell out of my four-year-old. Um, so it's just really honoring that and honoring these emotions and just knowing. If you know one thing, it is knowing that this shit is going to keep coming up. None of this work, none of this healing journey is about getting rid of it, is about hoping that it's never going to come back. Because if you're stuck in that, you're going to be stuck in that. I guess that's where you are. It's never going to work out because that's not how life works. That's not how the human body works. It's not how emotions work. Like there's always going to be the shit that comes up. It's can we move through it and how do we move through it? versus preventing it, like trying to set up our lives in this perfect way that never happens in the first place, right? Because that's what we all likely try to do. Again, because I'm talking to perfectionists here. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely are a perfectionist um, or have some tendencies. You know, we try to set up our lives in these ways that we hope that we just never have to deal with those hard emotions. But that's, yeah, I get reminded over and over (laughs) That's not what it's about. And I forget that too. And this kind of last few weeks have been a great reminder of this. So then other, I wanted to share just some personal shit that I experienced from the standpoint of noticing if it's present in you, or maybe it just helps to hear me, someone who teaches this and is an expert in this that I deal with these things too, because again, it's not about getting rid of them. It's about moving through them. So here's proof that I deal with this stuff and, and, and practice what I preach. So I'm going to knock things over at my desk. Um, so the other thing, there's probably a lot, so I'll try to keep this somewhat brief. Um, we were up, so I went up to my parents, my hometown is in Michigan and my parents still live there and we stayed with them for a couple nights and we're literally sleeping in the basement. My sister is also staying with them right now with her three kids. So like my room, you know, from, from my childhood room and everything is 
all being used. So we were um, stuck to the basement and like literally had my four year old on a mattress on the floor and hanging out with them. And then we went up to up North Michigan where my parents have, or my family has, it's my parents, obviously it's not my thing. We have a um, timeshare condo, whatever thing that we've had since we were kids that we've gone up to. So it's pretty cool to like come back as an adult and just get to bring my child there and it's super fun. And so we went up there then. And that night that we went up there, and you can look this up in the news because it was at the end of June that this happened because it's, it's pretty impressive if you like to look at natural disasters, <laughs> things happening. Um, the entire Detroit area flooded, like catastrophically flooded. Like trucks were, like there were some pictures of like trucks that are almost covered in water. Like it's insane. It's still like just mind blowing how bad it was. Um, I did not know any of this at the time. So in the morning I woke up, you know, kind of come upstairs and my parents were up there um, with us. They were going to spend the weekend with us. And they're like, you're not going to believe this. Our basement flooded. And my initial thing was, fuck, what did I do? What did I fuck up? This is my fault. And I just felt my entire system just <laughs> go into that mode of, I, it was me. I caused this. I left something running. I did something wrong. I forgot to do, you know, which like, well, I, don't, I don't even know what I could have possibly done. And it was so fascinating to like, see that response. I don't think I have really witnessed that response in myself so clearly. And then it's like in witnessing that it kind of has allowed me to see that, see where this has been a pattern for me. Um, even though clearly I found out like what, 10 seconds later that, you know, the entire Detroit area flooded and it had absolutely nothing to do with me and there is nothing I could have done to pre prevent it. But it's like that same, I'm curious if you resonate to that hyper vigilance of like you get an email and it's like, you know, someone's like, can I talk? It's like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Why are they mad at me? You know, even just getting a you know phone call from a friend and it's like, what's wrong? Why are they calling me? You know, or a text before you see it or just, you know, a notification things. And just your brain going to that like, yikes, what's wrong? Or like, how did I fuck up? <laughs> Any of that. So I'm just curious if you relate and, I, and I'm gonna guess a lot of you do um, and I'm not still listening because it's interesting to hear just again, just even just being able to witness our systems responses, even though if we might not share, all share the same one, because it's only when we witness it and can get curious about it, that we can do something about it. But this hypervigilance response, I find to be extremely, extremely common with chronic pain because the system literally is hypervigilant to when's the next threat, what's going to hurt me, you know, what could go wrong? How am I going to protect myself? And it's a protective mechanism. At the end of the day, you really want to take some time to, to thank this response, <laughs> even though it might feel hard right now. And that's not, not anything you need to force. Don't, don't force it if you can't. But get to a point where we can acknowledge where it once served us. And I will do an entire other podcast episode on that. So I'm going to leave it at that right now. But I just wanted to note that to myself or note that to you guys and, and noticing that myself. 
And so then with this flooding, which by the way, like for context, this flooding was a much bigger deal because of the fact that what, six years, five years, I don't know, a couple years ago now, five or six years ago, the same thing happened. Um, and then my parents' basement flooded or like a whole city of gross points basements flooded. Anyone who had a basement with sewage and my parents had a rip out. Like my parents have a big finished basement. Like it's not a, a small unfinished basement. It is a finished basement and it flooded with sewage and it cost them. I, I don't even know how much a shit ton of money because I mean, like had to fix pieces of foundation, had to rip out. They had all these built-ins, like entertainment system down there. Like we had to throw out basically all of it. We lost all of our childhood. Anything childhood related that was down in the basement had to be thrown out because of, of sewage. And my parents literally just, you know, in the past year finished recovering from that. And of course, insurance like covered jack shit. And, um... <laughs> literally just finished that. And in finishing that, they flood proofed it and that they put in all their built up built-ins on, on uh, stilts and tried to set it up. So like basically had all these backflow, whatever, like intense plumbing. So that like, even if things did back up that like it wouldn't hit the basement and none of that mattered. Stilts weren't tall enough. Um, it was always like a foot of standing water in the basement. And yeah. That's <laughs> like literally the same thing happened again um, and having to rip everything back out, like everything they repaired. And by the way, since then, apparently it's flooded two more times. And this is all like city's fault and um, what, wait, whatever, water management totally failing on doing their part and system shutting. Anyways, this is natural disaster combined with incompetence and systems not set up properly to make it even more infuriating. So anyways, there's a lot of like high emotions now because this literally just happened. My parents have already been through this and they understand what it means and how much money it's gonna cost them again. And literally said that the episode didn't happen and there's nothing you can do when, you know, there's 10 feet of water in the streets that has nowhere to go. So what the next thing I noticed is Oh, a lot of codependency and enmeshment of emotions or feeling like there should be. So my parents are obviously incredibly upset and my sister's at home. She's incredibly anxious. Um, whole other backstory of why I'm not going to go into that. It's her personal stuff. And, um, but very rightly so. And I feel for them hardcore and have this whole mix of this is my vacation. Like, I have been looking forward to this vacation, looking forward to just spending it time with my husband and my son. And now I feel like I have to hold their feelings and not only hold their feelings and make space for them, which is what I do all the time with my clients and people is like making space for feelings. That's to me, that is, that, that, that's something that should happen. I was adding to that layer because this is family. This family is really good at bringing up deeper levels of things is that I had to take on their emotions, which is very different than holding space for emotions because I can hold space for someone's emotions and not take them on as my own. When it comes to family, it turns out that's a lot harder. And I felt like I was supposed to be angry and pissed, which I was. Cause again, it's like, 
very upsetting to see the negligence of a city and whatever we could go into that <laughs> there's reason that i was very upset and pissed and could rage and vent and stuff with my family and at the end of the day i'm like i want to be able to just enjoy my vacation like i can i can now step out of that because this isn't my house at the end of the day and i don't have to deal with the consequences at the end of the day it's just the reality of things like there's nothing i could do to help in that scenario um and so I think that made it more, even more so that I felt like I was supposed to be more upset and more sad and more anxious. And then I'm feeling guilty and shame about not being more sad and more anxious. I'm feeling guilty and shame that I get to enjoy my vacation while now my parents have to go home and deal with this mess. And yeah, it was just very, very interesting to, to witness that new layer of like emotional boundaries. And with all this stuff coming up, it allowed me, and this is where this work comes in, is to, to again, almost take this outside observer approach of being able to see all of this and, and welcome it, even as shitty and hard as it is, as these new layers that I get to discover, get curious about, heal what I can, recognize what's helpful, what's not helpful, and how, how certain you know things may have served me in the past of having this codependency versus where it's not serving me anymore. And then even uncovering the layers of guilt and shame about where I can hold my boundaries and then I feel guilty about holding a boundary, things like that. So it's all kinds of good stuff. And I know this is long, this is way longer than I intended to get into this, but I, I hope it's just helpful to witness maybe somebody else's process, which obviously I'm not, I know I'm not getting into detail about exactly what I did. Um, it's a lot of somatic work, a lot of um, even bringing in some thought work pieces, a lot of support from people I can trust. I really cannot emphasize this enough. This is, I absolutely, there are many people, not many people, few people that I trust to hold these kinds of space, this kind of space with me and to understand this type of work that helped me process through this. I did not do this alone and explore and help, you know, ask me questions when I was too in it to be able to see things and um, really discover more. And, and in all that, I want to say, had the same situation happened like two years ago, I would have moved through it, but I would have moved through it very differently. Like I would have been fine. I'm always someone who it's my nature of like, I can pretty like, adaptable, which is, turns out is a little bit of a trauma adaptation, but I can move through stuff. The difference here is that in moving through it, I also did a lot of healing and self-growth where oftentimes when I'm moving it through things in the past, there's a lot of, there was a lot of like, um, repression and getting through it, but with some growth, obviously I don't think growth can just, you know, doesn't happen, but not to these levels. Not. It's like almost taking this and being like, this can be intentional growth now. And so it was cool to see that. So I hope that is helpful. And again, this is what I, you know, these processes are what I teach my clients and help them through. So if that's something that you are curious about how to move through that with that intentional growth and to get deeper into that because you want to then um, reach out because that's what I do. So oh, big breath. And just take a second to just refine your safety and breathe. If you haven't breathed yet, 
Just breathe, whatever pace feels good for you. It doesn't need to be a deep breath. And just notice if even in me talking about any of that, if that did light something up for you, if you have resistance to anything I said, if you don't like something I said, or if you really relate and resonate to something I said, just noticing it all and noticing it where it lives in the body. And if it needs expression, if you feel like you need to shake something out or, ah, you know, make a noise or something like that, then do that. I'm going to take a sip of water here. And then we're going to move into this podcast topic. I mean, that was a whole other podcast of itself, I suppose, but we'll, we'll talk more. This will be fairly short, I think. So what I wanted to cover today, like I said before, is are you healing your pain for you? And I really want to get clear on that. And I, I know for a lot of people, the initial response is like, of course I am. Like, duh. Who else would I be healing it for? And even if you have that response, I really want you to keep listening in because we're going to dig into this even more. And even if you are truly healing it for you, like keep listening because you will gain stuff out of this because we'll discover how to even do that from a deeper level. So first I want to talk about how to, or why it's so important to do it for you. At the end of the day, so much chronic pain is because we are not living lives that are truly authentic to our authentic selves. Like we can live a life that's not authentic, but it can feel aligned. Like you can take a lot of aligned actions or actions that feel really good. It doesn't mean it's truly authentic to you. And I also want to say that I think finding what's authentic to you, whole different, I mean, we've kind of covered this in like even the last episode, like what your values are, but that is a constant self-discovery and even a changing process. So that's not something where it needs to have like, oh, here's this one solid thing that's authentic to me. So don't get caught up in that piece if you don't even know what that means. Don't worry about that. Just listen in any ways. <laughs> So much chronic pain is because our body feels so unsafe. And that is often because we're not doing things that are fully aligned and authentic to ourselves. So if you're not, if you're trying to heal your pain and it's not truly authentically for you, eventually things will jam. Now, I will, I really want to preface this by saying Try to sit here and laugh here. Uh, trying to heal pain from this place is also really fucking hard. Like there are layers and layers and layers that you may need to work through to get to this. Like that in itself is likely a journey. Not for everyone, but for a lot, a lot of the women I work with, just healing pain for yourself is part of the journey, like getting to that place. And sometimes it's okay. Like if that's the case, having a placeholder is absolutely okay. If you can really resonate more with like, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for other women. I'm doing this for whatever, you know, if you have a business, I'm doing this to help support the clients that I support. Um, 
that is, there's nothing wrong with that. And that can absolutely play an integral role in your healing journey as well. And you want to also make sure that there is that intention of yourself in here. And it'll help keep things aligned. And at the end of the day, by doing that, whoever, you know, the, the person or people that you can resonate the most with right now, if it's not yourself, you will serve them and support them even better when you can do this for yourself. So what does doing it for yourself look like? So what that really looks like is that is this going to be to be able to do the things that you love, to be more like creative, to really be able to fulfill your passions, to be more authentically you. What healing your pain when it's not from a place of healing for you looks like it, it can be because you're healing it because well, pain inhibits the things that you think you need to do to fit in, to be loved, to, to loved, to be desirable, to deserve love, to deserve to do the things that you want to do. So it has a very different flavor. One is almost from a place of like, I'm healing to get to know myself better, to enhance my life, to enhance my relationship with myself. And the other is from a place of almost beating yourself up or from a place of like, I don't deserve to feel better. Or I don't deserve these things because I'm hurt. Or I, or I like, I don't get to be loved right now while I have these certain needs due to my pain. Or I'm too needy because of my pain. So therefore I need to heal it so I can like form a relationship. Um, oftentimes it'll look like things like, well, if I heal my pain, then I'll be lovable. If I heal my pain, then I won't need to be as needy. If I heal my pain, then I won't have to hide these parts of myself, which is really true, especially if you often, if people around you don't know you're in pain, it's really, really common as we just hide these parts. And it's like, well, when I heal, I won't have to hide these parts anymore because they won't exist. Right? So can we start to feel that different flavor? It's like, if I do this, then I can do that. It's that type of energy. Anytime we're trying to heal from that type of energy, yeah, it's something to be get curious about. It's not wrong. We all do it. Like, you don't need to feel ashamed if you're doing that or guilty if you're doing that. Like, psh, I have that energy all the time too. It's just noticing it and being like, huh. That energy is here. What can I do differently? Is that the energy I want to be taking this action from? And even asking yourself there. Maybe there are some cases where the answer is yes. I have not thought through every scenario. <laughs> it's just, a, does that feel empowering to you then? And if so, awesome. Just get clear on it. So when we're peeling though from a place that's for ourselves, we can get a lot more clear on like, what is it that opening up this new level would do for me? And you'll notice that that energy, a lot of times people are like, well, am I doing this or this? Am I operating out of this place or this place? You're, I'm going to guess there's going to be a whole mix of both. Maybe one is way stronger than the other. 
I'm going to guess nobody is operating solely from one place or the other place. Again, just bringing in the fact that I teach this and I still find myself operating from the if then then place. It's just about noticing it, okay? And sometimes we start out operating like, ooh, this has this really, you know, pure, authentic intention. And then it gets in flavors of the if then later on into it. So we can get, ooh, excuse me, sorry. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm just knocking things over here. Um, if It's like, oh, okay, I can, I want to heal my pain to deepen the connection with myself. And like that can be good and good, you know, from this really true, authentic place. And then it turns into, because then I'll get to do this. And then it's like, wait a minute. That just snuck in there somewhere. All right, so just kind of noticing at every level what's happening. Just observing it. Oftentimes when we're healing from a place where we're really authentic with ourselves, then we can get a lot clearer on our values or vice versa. Actually getting clear on your values often is going to allow you to heal from a place that feels much more for you. And that can help you get clear on what's behind the wanting to heal. Because sometimes there might be instances where oftentimes I should say physical pain does limit you from doing something you love. Or in some instances, it could stop it completely. Like if you're a professional handstand walker and you break your arm and (laughs) clearly it's in pain right now, you cannot handstand walk. Like there are places where your pain will stop you from doing the thing you love. And we can get more curious about what we love about that thing how the pain is stopping us, like where it's really stopping us, it starts to shift things. Because let's use that incredibly random made up example that I just had, is if you really broke your arm and that's why you can't handstand walk, we can get really clear on the fact that, I mean, chances are, assuming you're doing all the right things for healing, that you're gonna be able to get back to it. This is just a temporary thing Like this is a a very clear temporary scenario for that person, right? So we can have a lot more intention of like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to heal. This is what I'm going to do in the meantime. I can substitute this. This is fine. I know this is only for the next four months, something like that. Where things get so tricky with chronic pain is often we don't have that certainty of the temporariness of the pain, right? It's like, well, it's been here for 10 years. Like, it's not going away anytime soon. So now what? Right? That throws things for a loop. And again, it's it's what I talked about in the beginning of this episode of it brings up all these things right to the surface of what is like the stuff that needs to be healed. So let's take handstand person. And let's say they've now been in chronic pain for 10 years we can start, that person can start to get clearer on what was it that they loved about that? What was their passion, their drive? What what was it that really made them feel just so freaking awesome doing that? Was it, was it the literal getting upside down? <laughs> was it the competition? Was it, you know, like, what was it? And then you might be able to find things 
and get a little clever, like this is what I suggest at first is getting curious of like, how else can I fulfill that? And getting really clear that it's going to be different, right? Don't expect to fulfill it in the exact same way because you're doing something differently. But just like get curious of like, okay, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe you're not sure what it was. So it's like, oh, let me go take a aerialist class where I don't need to use my arm that hurts or not as much. And I can hang upside down from those like strappy thingies. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally making things up right now. <laughs> like I can hang upside down from a bar. Like I can get help getting into that position. I don't know. I'm sure there's other ways you can get upside down, right? It's like, is that what's so invigorating about it? If it's the competition, like what else can you compete in that just you can compete in right now? Right? Like just being like, huh, what is it? Is it the intense training that you loved? And if so, like what else can you train in now that works for your body right now? And often I think that can be a really good first step of just getting curious about it. Because if we could fulfill certain aspects with another way, then why not do it? Right? When we can bring joy and you know things we love into our life like do it <laughs> do it now then the other piece i always want to have people check in on is if there was something you loved and let's say let's bring the competitiveness back into it because i think this is a pretty common piece and i'm going to actually bring in a, a a client into this um without bringing in any names she was a competitive horseback rider before she had an accident, like a pretty traumatic accident while horseback riding that made it so she cannot ride right now. And as we worked together, we uncovered that a lot of her love for horseback riding in the, in the way she was doing it was not authentic to her. It was from a place of trying to meet a need that was not met as a child and specifically in trying to achieve her dad's praise and love, which she very much received when she competed in the way she was in horseback riding. So, and that can feel again, very enmeshed. That was something that we had to dig deep to uncover because at first she, she loves horses. She truly, authentically, like that love for horses is hers and is aligned. But the way she was kind of carrying out that love and achieving that, all of a sudden, again, this is where it like was, it's not either or. Like somewhere down the line, it got enmeshed with receiving, like getting a, an unmet need, sort of felt feeling like it was being met by getting the love that she so wanted and didn't get as a child. So, so the driver behind and when, she, when we started working together, that's what she wanted to do is she's like, I want to get back to the competitive horseback riding in the way she was doing it before. And we've kind of uncovered that that actually doesn't make sense. And the more she's uncovered, the more she's realized that the style of horseback riding she was, she's doing, she's like, I actually don't even like that style. She wants to do a different kind of horseback riding now. So again, it's, it's, it's nuanced, but really significant. And for some people, the actual action may end up being the same, but we still might need to untie it 
from things that have gotten like weaved in with it. So maybe it ended up that, yes, I truly love this competitiveness and this, this style. And she needed to unweave the, the need for her dad's praise from it in order to like really have it be authentically hers. So I'm curious how that's all landing. And let me know if you want more clarification on that. And or let me like, I'm so curious to hear if that's that rings true for anything in your life where you kind of just see this like enmeshment and this weaving in of other things that like maybe society is demanding from you, your parents, you know, were demanding from you as a child, your partner, or just even, even things that we think people want from us. Let's say this is a really common one too, is that sometimes it, like we've just made up these things that people want from us in our heads. Like maybe it was something someone, you know, a teacher said back in fourth grade one time. And like, we've take carried that with us through our whole life. It's like, well, this is what people expect from me. So this, therefore, this is what I must do to earn their love. And discovering that can be one painful at times, tricky at times. It can run real deep and we can have a lot of resistance to uncovering that. So again, all of this is a journey. Um, I'm just trying to like shake a little shit up for you right now in terms of why are you healing? Like, is it really for yourself or is it to get approval from society? Because walking around in chronic pain and like fully accepting that you're in pain and having it be a part of yourself and asking for things you need because of it really brings up a lot of shit for a lot of people because our society's not designed for that at all. It has very little compassion for that. Like whether or not you qualify as having a disability, like especially if you qualify as having a disability, you already know society's not set up for that and does not treat you know people with disabilities the same at all. So there's a, there can be a lot of resistance there and a lot of wanting to heal so you no, no longer fall in that category. Because then when you don't fall in that category, now you can be approved by society. But really healing is, right now, the reality is pain is a part of you. It is part of who you are right now. If you are listening to this podcast, it is part of who you are right now. And, and because it is part of who you are right now, and because you, in your entirety, in your complete wholeness, is complete and totally and unquestionably worthy of love and deserving of love exactly as you are right now, it means that part gets love too. Just let that sink in. Your pain is a part of you right now. And all of you deserves love right now. You don't have to do anything to be deserving of that love right now. This is where the healing journey then comes in and is not in conflict to that. It's you are completely deserving of love right now and how do you want to keep living your life? And do you want to live it in a way that is just more and more expressive and authentically yours? And if so, healing journeys are amazing. And I highly recommend them. 
And if not, that's okay too. You get to make the choice here. And either choice you make, you're still completely deserving of love. Isn't that pretty cool? You don't have to do a damn thing. And I'm guessing it's really nice to have different experiences, to explore, to get to know ourselves better. All of that is just an enhancement, but it's not, it's not indicative of our need to get love or our worthiness of love. Those are separate things. So we need to like separate our healing journey. Why we're doing it is not so we can receive love. We're just doing it because in doing so, we get to know ourselves better. We get to take off layers of ourselves. We can stop hiding so goddamn much. We can just be ourselves. And we can then move freer, maybe explore things, really like embody what our bodies can do <laughs> when we do that. <sighs> all right, so I just hope you're all taking that in loving on yourselves and if not i'm loving on you and if you want to learn more about the healing journey and how to heal pain for yourself please do not hesitate to reach out or if this brought up something big for you and you just want to share with me or if you have a question like please do not hesitate to reach out for any questions or comments as well i'd love to hear from you um, as always you can find me at dr andrea moore it's D-R-A-N-D-R-E-A-M-O-O-R-E. That is on Instagram or same spelling, DrAndreaMoore.com is my website. And DMing me is the fastest way to get a hold of me, but you can contact me through my website. You can set up a consult call if you want to dig in a little further. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time for listening to this. If you have enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to rate me on iTunes or whatever you listen to it on and share it with any friends or people you think might benefit as well. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.